And we are recording. Welcome back to our seventh episode. Seventh already. Heck yeah. Time really flies, huh? It really does. It really does. It's kind of crazy. I know I say that basically every episode, but damn, I feel like <laughs> I feel like it's like the third episode. Yeah, it goes by so fast. It's kind of crazy. We're going to be on our 20th by the time we know it. I know. But how was your week? I want to know that. How was your week? My week was really good. Um, Right now, I mean, it's only Tuesday. Uh, it's been pretty busy at work, but so far, no complaints, no complaints. But, uh, I mean, since last week, since last episode, nothing too drastic has happened. But uh, still, yeah, pretty good. How about you? Um, This week hasn't really been too bad. I'm still kind of stressed out about school, but... Yeah. The semester ends in a few weeks, and I only have to take, like, one more programming quiz, and I'm done. And for any of the, of you guys who don't know the programming quizzes I have to take, my professor gives us one hour, and he gives us a prompt to write code. If we only have an hour to write it, we can't look at anything, and we just have to sit in front of the screen... Oh. And record. I mean, <laughs> record. <laughs> and record. I'm, I'm thinking about it because he he puts Proctorio on there, so he records us. So <laughs> yes, I he's hate... recording us. But yeah, I hate Proctorio. It it kind of bugs me. I just yeah. everything about it. The CEO is a scumbag. The whole system is messed up. They yep. can. I think it's just my my cybersecurity side coming out. It just they have so much <laughs> access to your information and they don't need that much access that they have. Oh, and yeah. they're just fine. Your, your schools are just fine with letting you like piss your information away to this company. <laughs> yes, exactly. It's like looking at their permissions they need. It's just insane the things mm -hmm. they can have. But yeah, besides that, I'm really not doing too bad. I got contacts, which is fun. But Ooh. the only thing, <laughs> I swear to God, every time we have our intro, I'm just complaining about my week. I promise it will get better. <laughs> I'm just, I am so stressed out right now. I'm literally so stressed right now. My eye has been twitching for over a week and it will not stop. It, it's literally been twitching since... Last Monday, I think. Oh, jeez. So a it, week and a day. Yeah, it's been a while and it's so annoying and I cannot make it stop. And it's not even just my eye. It's also sometimes it's my thumb. It's usually the right side of my body. Sometimes it's my thumb. Sometimes it's my hand that just twitches. It's so bad. Interesting. I didn't know that. I don't know why that. I think it's just because I'm so stressed. That's my only explanation I've yeah. never been this stressed in my life, I don't think. That's a lot of schooling. You go through a lot of stuff. Uh, yeah, but it's almost over, and I'm hoping some new opportunities are coming for me soon. Just finishing out the semester. I'm ready. I'm ready yes. for it. I absolutely understand. I can't even be <sighs> like, whoa, summer, because... <laughs> I'm taking summer courses, but right. only only mm -hmm. for a month, though. After that, I can have the rest of my summer break, and it'll yep. be fine. But your girl is on her grind. Pray for me, sunnies. Pray for me. <laughs> Please do. Hashtag boss babe. 
Yeah. I'm a girl boss. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was definitely kidding. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's I don't fair. I don't think you know the meme. It's okay. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I was trying to play it off and I did not do well. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> That's fine. It's okay. That's why I love you. That's okay. Yeah. I love you too, baby. <laughs> Ooh, so speaking of Proctorio taking your information sort of conspiracy, what is today's topic? Today, we will be talking about conspiracy theories. Ooh. Ooh, heck yeah. And so we each have one conspiracy theory that we're going to be discussing on, and it's going to basically take the whole length of the episode for both in total. And Mm -hmm. um, did you want me to go first? You can go first, yeah, but it, okay. it'll take a little bit, so you guys just, like, sit back and relax and put your tinfoil hats on, and let's get started. <laughs> yes. All right, so, basically, um, we're just talking about conspiracy theories, and I just wanted to discuss, like, why conspiracy theories are a thing, and what which one I'm going to be talking about in particular. Okay. I do want to interject really quick. I don't really know in detail what he's going to be talking about. So we're both going to be learning together. He knows the topic that I'm discussing as well, but he doesn't really know like the nitty gritty details. So we will both be learning today as much as you guys will. So stay tuned. (laughs) Yes, exactly. That's a really good point. Um, But yeah, people believe in conspiracy theories because overall that their, their minds need closure. Uh, Mm -hmm. When certain psychological needs for people are not met, they tend to grab any theory that may be floating around in order for them to gather some sort of control or power over a situation. Mm -hmm. Now, this is to avoid any uncertainty and to satisfy their overall curiosity of something. Um, People search for patterns and connections in meaning, even if these patterns and connections have no meaning. Uh, Sometimes people even feel threatened by a situation and wind up believing a conspiracy theory because it gives them uh, like a sense of security. And the conspiracy theory I want to address today is about COVID-19. There's been a lot of conspiracy theories about this virus, about Mm -hmm. the whole pandemic. We briefly mentioned one in our first episode, didn't we? Yes, about conscious, conscious copper. copper. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we discussed about how people thought 5G was causing COVID or at least making <laughs> it worse or spreading it somehow. And I will discuss on that here in a bit, but uh yeah, no, it's pretty crazy. And I mean, in the pandemic, uh this is especially challenging because the virus sort of came out of nowhere. It just kind of showed up and at first people weren't too worried about it, but then it like started spreading very fast and people were like, "Uh-oh." This isn't good. Um, People were freaked out and didn't have answers to important questions on the outlook of the situation. Um, Mm -hmm. No one knew what was to come in the future for them or their loved ones. And as time went on, people were asked to stay indoors, to self-isolate. And then like as more time went on, they're like, hey, go eat at a local restaurant and support them financially. And then... Mm -hmm. They're like, oh, wait, no, 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 that's a terrible idea. Go back indoors. Go back indoors. And so in this particular situation, it caused a lot of conflict and confusion. Um, It definitely took a toll on people's emotional, physical, and mental health. 
because mm-hmm. we're all we were all met with this contradictory information. Yeah. Um, and when people are restricted to self-isolation, the psychological and physical needs of other people are not being met. Mm-hmm. I remember, just to kind of add on to what you were saying, I remember right towards the beginning of the pandemic, we were kind of in lockdown and people were just advised to not go out as much. I remember wearing masks because they're like, oh, you should wear masks. And so I mm-hmm. started wearing a mask and nobody else around me was wearing a mask. And this was this was in an area around Philly. So you think that people would be wearing masks. They're very strict right. about it now. But um, yeah. Yeah. People were looking at me weird when I was wearing a mask. So it's just like, whatever. And so I stopped wearing it because I was it was very weird. It was right towards the beginning when they're like, wear masks. And so. I wore one to the grocery store and people were looking at me weird. So I just took it off. And Mm -hmm. then a few days later, they're like, no, you don't need to be wearing masks. It it doesn't stop anything. And so I was like, okay. And then like a few days later, they were like, no, you need to wear masks. And that's been the narrative since, you know? So it was very confusing. And I can understand why people would feel very like... I mean, to say confused, but they just felt so conflicted about what to do and, like, how to feel about it. Because, I mean, I I felt just as confused, too. I'm like, so what are we supposed to be doing? Right. I don't know if it was the same for you, but, I mean, that was something I definitely experienced. Oh, yeah, I absolutely agree. Um, Where I was, I mean, I thought the whole wearing a mask thing might last maybe a month tops. And here it is over a year later. And it's still definitely a mandate for New Mexico, at least. Mm-hmm. Not really where I am, but... Yeah. Yeehaw! In Texas, I believe <laughs> they got rid of that one a little while back. But, uh, yeah, I mean, people start to believe weird things when this contradictory information comes about. And mm-hmm. uh, the government and the CDC are like, do this. Oh, no, wait, do that. And then people start to believe that the government are, like, making things worse or not doing anything to alleviate the situation at all. Mm-hmm. Um, in general, conspiracy theories tend to come about during challenging times or times of crisis. Um, this is because people look for a way to cope with challenging uncertain times. Yeah, That's why the conspiracy theories come out. Some different kinds of conspiracy theories that have come out about COVID-19, um, some being like if the virus was purposely made in a lab as a means of biological warfare yeah. um, or if all the governments were in on it as a means of uh, even population control. That one's a pretty crazy one. Yeah. Um, and then the other one was some people believing the 5G cell towers are the root cause of it or spreading. Um, but the one I wanted to focus on today is a conspiracy theory about how COVID-19 is a complete hoax. Uh-huh. And I'd say a lot of people who believe that COVID-19 is a hoax are typically the people who are the anti-vaccination people, the anti-vaxxers. Yeah. Uh, these people often come uh, become very oppressive and sometimes even violent. And we've seen that through a lot of things like them not wanting to wear masks, going on strike, having protests. And Mm -hmm. I never really understood how COVID-19 could be a hoax because the numbers speak for themselves. Like millions of people infected and half a million deaths in the U.S. alone. That's no hoax. Like, I mean, albeit the CDC came out saying that 
not all reported deaths are explicitly due to COVID. It's just yeah. that when a person's body is tested in an autopsy, um, if it came back positive, it would be counted as a COVID-related death. I noticed a lot of people on my Facebook, they were sharing this story. This is a while ago, but they were sharing this one specific story about some hospital and a quote-unquote ner- undercover nurse that was anonymous and wouldn't say where she worked or whatever, just, just mm-hmm. any town USA, she was saying that even, like, no matter who was on a ventilator, they were saying that they died from COVID. And for a minute there, it was kind of convincing. I'm like, okay, I could see why people would want to mark the deaths as COVID-related because the hospital would, like, get more money, apparently. And that's what it was saying in the story. Yeah, that's what it said. And so I was like, wow, that's kind of crazy. Maybe they are, like, overhyping this. And I I was kind of getting there for a little bit. I mean, not to say it was a hoax or anything, because I absolutely do not believe that. Mm -hmm. But it was kind of crazy because they just – hospitals are kind of grimy in their own sense, you know? But Yeah, I definitely feel that. Dang. Yeah, I mean, like – and and speaking on that, not all deaths being explicitly COVID, like if if a person was, say, shot to death, uh, yeah, maybe the person that shot them knew that this other guy or woman or whatever had COVID and didn't want to get sick and was like and killed them. What? Um, right. Like, well, I mean, I'm sure it's happened. Like if, if someone's like, oh, I got COVID and like some wild person just is like, OK, I'm gonna kill you now because you're next to me. I don't want I don't want you to infect me, especially during in the beginning, like when it was a really big scare and the death rate was like 82 percent. Uh huh. Yeah. So, I mean, that could have catalyzed the situation, but it's not an explicit covid death. Uh, another thing is like if somebody had a heart attack and then tested positive in an autopsy, they honestly couldn't say for sure if it was covid that killed mm-hmm. them or not. It could have implicitly caused their heart attack, but. Science simply doesn't have enough conclusive information as to what this virus can do because it is so new and it spreads so fast. So it affects everyone differently. Mm -hmm. And even my boss told me that he was telling me a story about how two of his friends got COVID and Mm -hmm. they felt like they had a cold for like a week and now they have permanent brain damage. Um, They both, both of them have permanent vertigo. Now, luckily they have medicine to fix it. But they have to take that for the rest of their lives because of COVID. What is vertigo? Vertigo is where you're always feeling super dizzy. Do you ever look oh. up at night, like straight up and feel like you're going to fall? Sometimes. Yeah, that's kind of like vertigo. Um, it's just permanent dizziness. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. And he was even telling me one of the new strains or the mu- new mutations of it is causing permanent heart damage in children. Where Ooh. they might only live to like 40 or 50 years old, which is cutting their life short by like 30 years based on mm-hmm. America's life expectancy. And yeah, this virus is absolutely no hoax. And, you know, these sort of symptoms definitely prove that we don't fully know what this virus is capable of, especially for the long term effects. Oh, yeah. Another great example for this would be like the chicken pox. Uh, it wasn't even until relatively recently that. They didn't know that the chicken pox caused shingles. If you got the chicken pox when you were a kid, you can get shingles when you're an adult. And that can be very dangerous. My mom got shingles. That's crazy. I didn't even know that. I've never had chicken pox. (laughs) Yeah, that's why they have the vaccination for that. And so you don't actually have to get it now. 
but yeah, like conspiracy theories can have like great consequences too, especially stuff like this. Uh, people who have been refusing to follow government orders and recommendations are the people who are refusing to wear masks in public because they believe it is a violation of their human rights. And yeah. in reality, it's it's simply just because we want to slow the spread of the virus so no more people die, or at least less people die. Yeah. Uh, scientists are still trying to understand the virus more before it spreads faster, so that way we can react better to it. Um, the hoax theory in particular, though, has shown that or has shown the refusal for people to take preventative measures against the spread of the virus. Like people who just believe it's a hoax just are like, nah, I'm not wearing a mask. I'm not socially distancing. I'm going to just live my life as it was. It's just mm -hmm. the flu. Like, no, it's a particularly nasty strain of the flu that we don't know what it can, what it can do ultimately. And at a time when, Communities need to focus on efforts to halt the spread of the virus and prevent further deaths. Yeah. Conspiracy theories spreading within these communities appear to be damaging these efforts. I think to kind of continue on with the, your point about misinformation, I think that people don't really realize how like easy misinformation spread. I could literally share an onion article or a babylonian bee article if you guys don't know what those are those are just literally fake articles i could share those and a good portion of my facebook friends would probably believe it oh wow could, okay not not like any hate to them but i mean half of the people won't even like look at the article and click it and read it they'll just be like oh so and so died you know, those hoaxes always go around like every year, like yeah. Betty White died or whatever. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it gets to a point where misinformation can really mess things up, like yeah. to a whole other level. Oh, yeah. It can cause a lot of damage. And yeah, it's, it's, it's a bad thing. It really is. People need to just be informed about this stuff. And sadly, a lot of misinformation, wrong information and lies and people make things up gets spread around and it turns into conspiracy theories and now i understand the scare about like the vaccine how it hasn't entered phase three clinical trials um, yeah i know there's different versions or variations of the vaccine pfizer moderna johnson and johnson and i think there was another one i don't remember what it's called but some weird name <laughs> yeah it's a really weird name and i mean i get i get that people are freaked out by it because it is like a kind of a new thing where it at least with Pfizer, I believe it's targeting the mRNA within our DNA. Uh -huh. And I don't think we've had a vaccine that's really done that. So we don't know the long-term effects of it. Mm -hmm. But it's showing very promising results against COVID now. And so I feel like that's a very... It's something to really consider. Because, I mean, at least what they're using in the vaccines isn't necessarily new. Like They didn't yeah. whip some new magic thing up. Like, these are things we've had. They're just putting it together now and mm -hmm. so I, I i mean i personally think that the vaccines are a good idea not everyone thinks that and that's okay it's just i feel like it's something to consider when it comes to the well-being of the public yeah i personally don't really know much about the vaccinations i know that you have yours you have the pfizer yeah huh? yeah i got yeah. i got both shots of the pfizer i'm very iffy just because i'm so 
scared of needles. Not to say I wouldn't get it. It's just, uh, I don't even get a flu shot. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> but at the same time, I'm not actively going out places every single day. I don't work. I stay at home, so I don't really right. have to worry about spreading it. Right. So, I don't know. Like, a part of me wants to get it because I know that it's, like, good. But I, I hate needles so much. It's so bad. I literally yeah. pass out when I have to have, like, a tiny little thing of blood drawn. It's it's not fun. That's not that's not fun at all. I mean, I would recommend it personally, but that's just a personal opinion. Mm-hmm. I also honestly don't even know how to go about getting it is another thing. Oh, yeah. You, Do you I mean, know how yeah, to? I think you could... Yeah, I think you can just sign up for it and whenever they have availability. I know in New Mexico, we are the most vaccinated state. We've reached almost herd immunity to uh, COVID. Okay. Which is really neat. But Do you think y'all yeah, will be opening up? No, I don't think we've opened up. I think most things are opened up to 25% capacity outdoors, at least with restaurants. Wow. Yeah, they're still taking it very seriously and... I don't blame them. I mean, we're trying to slow the spread of it. Yeah. Just trying to get those numbers lower, which is fine. I'm I'm okay with that. Because I mean, right now, when I when I go to work, we're still working on a hybrid model. So only two days a week I go into the office and three days a week I work from home. So I'm okay with it. That sounds like fun though. Yeah. Yeah. I enjoy it. I get that seven days a week where I get to stay home. <laughs> yeah. That's what happens when you don't have a J-O-B. <laughs> That's definitely true. But it gives you time to focus on your schooling, which is nice. It is nice, especially since I'm taking 15 credit hours and four computer science classes a semester. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's rough. But it's okay. It's fine. Well, cool. That's all I had on my topic. Um, okay. Did you want to dive into yours? Sure. Okay. I have a lot to say about mine, so I just want to preface this by I really enjoy TikTok, and kind of what I was talking about earlier as a cybersecurity major, I shouldn't because <laughs> TikTok is so bad. They they take so much of your information, but damn, <laughs> it do be a good app. Yeah, so, it's a great place to be entertained. Oh, you know, I live... <laughs> I'd probably send you 15 videos a day, I feel like. Yeah, I would probably, I would say so. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. It's all good. I like these videos. It's a good way to kill time. It can be so addicting, though, but... Oh, yeah. They do listen to what you say, so... <laughs> I do talk about conspiracy theory sometimes, and anytime I see a video on my For You page about it, I always interact with them and I'll go in the comments and I'll like them. So I just keep getting them. And one day I'm scrolling on my For You page and I see a recommendation for a movie called Missing 411. And for those of you who don't know, Missing 411 is a movie that came out in 2017 based on a book series by David Politis. I hope I said that right. <laughs> and in this documentary, he discusses the disappearances of people in national parks. Mm -hmm. And I'm pretty sure the book is very similar. I haven't read it, but the movie adaptation focuses on 
the stories of five children that go missing. And it's really weird about how similar all of these disappearances are. So in this documentary, it talks about five children and their names are, forgive me if I mispronounce these, I'm so sorry, Bobby (laughs) Bizup, Jared Adorado, the other ones are Dior Kuntz Jr., and Keith Perkins and Dennis Martin. And all of them went missing under suspicious circumstances. And a good example is Dior, who was a young boy who was camping with his family. And his family went on a walk. And the little boy, I, I think he was three, he was walking with his mom and his dad. And he wanted to turn back and go back to the campground with his grandpa And they weren't that far away. So the parents were just like, yeah, go ahead, go. And literally he disappeared on the way back. And it was such a short distance. They have no idea how he disappeared. Mm -hmm. And nobody can figure it out. And And they had a whole uh, police investigation, right? They had a whole police investigation. And a lot of people think that the parents had something to do with it. I don't know. You guys will definitely have to watch this movie. It's called Missing 411. It's on Hulu. I think it's on Amazon. I don't know if you have to pay for it on Amazon Prime, but I'm pretty sure it's on there. But um, yeah, it's just really weird how suspicious everything was because that's just one of these five children. The other ones were also very similarly just weird and fishy. Any trace of these children that was found were super long distances from where they were last seen. I think in Jared's case, he was 500 plus feet above where he was when he was hiking with his sister. And I think they were members of his church or something like that. That's insane. Yeah. And he's only two? He's, I think, he's some age under five. I don't remember his exact age, oh, but gotcha. he okay. was hiking with his sister and there was two main groups and he kept kind of going back and forth to the groups and then he just went missing. And from the last place he was seen, because they were hiking up like a tall hill, the last place right. he was seen, he was 500 something feet above where he was found. And this child is small and he went... All the traces of him were found off of the trail. None of his clothes were, like, torn up and raggedy. Like, it didn't look like he had, like, been in a struggle. But they found a skull cap and a tooth, I believe. And his jacket. And I want to say his shoes. And the shoes were, like, clean. Like, it didn't even look like they had been there. And when they sent search parties out there, they could not find any of this stuff. This was found, I believe, months later. Oh my gosh. That's yeah. so sad. It it's crazy. So all of these are very similar in the fact that the children disappeared under very suspicious circumstances and the fact that all of the traces of the children whether they were found or not were sometimes miles away from where they were last seen. And it just makes the disappearances harder to explain like um Jared's dad doesn't even believe that it could even be his son. Like, he's not even sure if the skull cap was from his son. He has reason to believe so, but he just, he doesn't feel like it's even his kid, if that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, his kid's got to be somewhere. 
Well, exactly. Like we did, though. <laughs> like, I mean, as sad as as sad as it is, I mean, that's the realistic thing about it. It's it's definitely really sad, but another case that they speak about is the case of Keith Parkins. Um, this this one is just even crazier. He was two, and this was way back in the fifties, I believe. He was two, and he was out there with his sibling. I think it was his brother. Okay. And he wandered away. They could not find him. And this was like pasture and like farmland and stuff like that. Just mm-hmm. kind of in the middle of nowhere. He had been gone for 19 hours and they had found him in the freezing cold face down in the snow tw- about 12 miles away from where he was, like where he was last seen. And that was just 19 hours later? Yeah. Th- and he's alive. Dang. So he was alive 12, 12 miles away, and he's only two years old. Yeah, and the weirdest part about it is it's eight miles as the crow flies, so it was probably around 12 miles just having to hike up and down these huge treacherous hills and stuff like right. that. A two-year-old. That's, how, that's really hard to believe. I mean, like, I'm not calling you a liar. I'm not saying any of that. I was just saying, like, a two-year-old going 12 whole miles and found alive. If you think about it like this, I know some people who have two-year-olds who can't even speak a sentence. <laughs> like, like not any hate to them, but, like, that just shows how young this kid was. And he was found 12 miles away. Yeah. In the freezing cold 19 hours later. And in this documentary, Missing 411... They had a guy recreate the journey that he would have had to take. And the guy who's doing this journey, he's getting winded. He's tired. And into the night, he was mentioning that there's literally little to no visibility out there. So he has no idea how the, how little Keith could have even made it out there. Yeah. I mean, just muscle stamina alone would would get you. I mean, you're two years old. You, you don't have any built up muscle stamina. And then you're probably going to trip and hit your head or something. I mean, like, that's crazy. He did come back with, like, a lot of scratches all over him. But he had said that he didn't remember what happened. Because, as I said, he was found alive. So they interviewed him. And he just doesn't really remember what happened. But apparently all he said was, the cat had scratched me. And that's that's all he remembered. Oh, wow. Do you think a cat maybe carried him a, quite a distance? Like a bobcat? or That's what some people think. Wow. But he also had to have crawled through a bunch of barbed wire fences and stuff like that. So that could possibly also be a reason why he was all scratched up. Yeah, that is true. But that was just that documentary there. That was the five kids who have had that happen to them. And this is a trend in national parks for some reason. There were kids just go missing? Not necessarily kids, just people in general. That's my main overall topic today is just the fact that so many people go missing in national parks here in America. It's kind of crazy. There's a lot. Stay away from national parks. Mm -hmm. But before I deviate too far from the documentary I was discussing, I want to note that many of the people who were found either dead or alive, their remains or they themselves were like found after these search parties had done extensive searches 
of, yeah. of the specific places they were found, which I think is really weird. Yeah, I was going to mention that. And that's just, that's wild to me. Like these search parties search high and low day and night and don't find them. And then suddenly someone just finds them months later or weeks later. Exactly. And just not even really hard to spot places either, which I think is very weird. Like these places are fairly visible. Like it shows them in the in the documentary, but they're definitely visible. So somebody would have seen it. So it doesn't really make any sense how... These remains, especially, especially you're talking about Jared and the skull cap and the tooth, you would have kind of seen that or something. Yeah. And didn't he have a bright blue jacket? I believe so. I don't really remember, but he had a jacket and it really, it wasn't that dirty. His shoes didn't even look like he was like hiking up anywhere because the main theory was that he was dragged off by like a bobcat or something. The shoes were clean. Like if the kid was dragged, his shoes would have been filthy, but yeah. they were clean. It doesn't make any sense. Unless he was dragged with his feet in the air the whole time. That Like that'd be weird. I guess. <laughs> picked up by an eagle. That's a theory people have is that these kids are just picked up by birds. But I just... I don't know if I can just really <laughs> visualize yeah, I that. I don't think these birds can actually lift that sort of weight, at least mm -hmm. for a continuous amount of time, and still somehow keep a child hidden. Like, no. Yeah. I think I think people would hear that child screeching. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I would be horrified. Just some giant bird comes and picks me up. Yeah, that would be terrifying. Back when I was a kid, uh, before this was before I... I don't even remember this, but uh, we, my family, my brother, my uncle and I, we were at a McDonald's and I don't remember where this McDonald's is. It's kind of a famous one where it goes over a highway. It kind of like mm -hmm. a whole McDonald's stretches over top of the highway. It's like an arc over it. And I think I've been there. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And I was there as a, a little kid and my mom would tell me this story. And so my uncle was supposed to be watching over me just for a second when my parents went and did something. I don't remember the whole, mm -hmm. all the details. And my uncle was probably like, I don't know, 17 at the time. Uh, he's not that, that much older than me. Like he's, you know, he was still a teenager at the time. So um, he had, he, I guess he had turned away for a second. And then my mom and dad came back. They're like, where's David? And he's like, oh, he's right here. Oh no. And I was gone. And of course, this is a McDonald's over a highway. My mom was like thinking the worst. She's like, he's, he's ran over now. He's roadkill. And so like, <laughs> she told me that she, like, they were looking for me. They were looking under tables. They could not find me. I was gone. And then my mom said, she just like turned, turned around, closed her eyes, said a prayer. And then like, I just showed up like kind of underneath one of the tables. Oh my gosh. So it's just kind of weird. Like. It kind of, I don't know if it's like, if I never returned, then I would have been part of one of those conspiracy theories. Wow. Yeah. I just, that, that's crazy. Yeah. I don't even, I don't remember it at all. I don't even remember the McDonald's. People, people really hate on those little kitty leashes or like the backpack <laughs> leashes. Yeah. Until your kid goes missing. Yeah. I'm pretty sure my mom had one of those for me. <laughs> Honestly, I, I'm all for it. I mean... I think it's a good idea. But. Yeah. If you if you wait nine months and then poop out a baby and then have this baby for a couple of years just for it to go missing, that would be insane. That'd be so devastating. Yeah. I couldn't even imagine. Yeah. 
And so I feel like if you just have a small little backpack or something to kind of keep your child at a, a distance that you know where they're at, that's fair. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It was so heartbreaking seeing just the people in these children's lives just be so like devastated and upset and crying. Even yeah. though this is some of them, this has been years and years, and it's just like still so heartbreaking. Yeah. And I, I literally, I feel for them. It's yeah. sad. And especially since they don't even have total closure as to how their child went missing to begin with. Yeah. They just want answers, and I don't blame them. Mm hmm. But yeah, as I was saying a little bit earlier, these aren't the only people who have gone missing in America's national parks. So since the federal government doesn't actually track the number of missing persons that go missing in national parks, people have kind of come up with a number that it's about 1,600 every year. Every year? I was be like, in total? In the United States, every year. Every single year. That's a lot of people. That's a lot of people. If if you and I go to a national park, we're linking arms. We're handcuffing to each I know. other. <laughs> and that number, I think it also accounts for people who are also found after that. But it's estimated that there's hundreds that still remain missing. Jeez. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. So how you were talking about earlier that people don't really like... They don't really like to speculate about what happened. They just want to know. Like, yeah, this is what happened. Right, right. They come up with ideas to just give themselves closure. Yeah, to kind of fill in those gaps. Yeah. I just want to start out with some theories that kind of make sense as to why these people go missing. And just from my research, having researched this topic, I think a lot of times... There are reasonable explanations such as being mauled by wild animals, which was mentioned a lot, especially for the children. But I mean, don't get me wrong. It can definitely happen to adults as well. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And this kind of makes sense because sometimes when somebody goes missing and there's an investigation, there are visible signs like torn up clothing and then like I was mentioning in that other story, fragments of bones. Right. It Mm -hmm. makes sense. Yes, exactly. But then, since there are those little bits of evidence that don't make sense, like the fact that all of his clothes were clean and the fact that the area had been extensively searched and there wasn't anything there, it's just suspicious. So that makes people start to speculate that that's not what happened. Yeah, it just couldn't have been a bobcat. It has to be something different. But sometimes, like... The truth is just kind of crazier than, like, fiction sometimes. Like, that's just how it is. Yeah. Another theory that I've heard, I have i haven't seen anything on the actual internet about it when I was researching it, but I have heard this in multiple TikTok videos. I know that's not a good source, whatever. <laughs> I just thought it was worth mentioning. But there's a theory that when people are going missing in that, People are going to roast me for how I say this. I don't care. Appalachian area. When they're like hiking or going camping in that area and they go missing, there's a theory that there are families there who have lived there for like hundreds of years and they're stealing these people in the middle of the night or when there's nobody around and then cannibalizing them. Oh, interesting. Yeah. As I said, there's literally no sources on this i literally just heard it on tiktok oh wow okay 
take that with a huge grain of salt. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. So there's no like actual evidence of this like scene yet. It's just speculation or word of mouth right now. As far as I know, there is no evidence. I could okay. not find any, and I I've looked this up for days, could not find anything. Gotcha. But that's definitely a wild conspiracy theory. And like like I was mentioning before, these theories are brought about to bring more closure or make some sort of uh, get control or power over a specific situation. So exactly, people make these things up, and I mean, it could be made up. It could it's probably made up, but. Mm-hmm. It could be real. You never, you never know. Mm-hmm. People also speculate that some of these missing persons cases can come from serial killers. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I really believe that. I mean, I, I mean, it's definitely a possibility, but I mean, I feel like there's probably more efficient ways of killing people, like. I have this one theory, just to deviate off of it a little bit. I have a theory that a lot of murders that are unsolved in the United States are from truckers. Not saying the truckers are evil or anything, but I feel as though these people go missing across state to state. These jurisdictions aren't really in contact with each other. So if the killing is done the same way, they're not really going to think, oh, this could be tied to this. So... If it's a trucker, he or she can go all across the United States and kill, and you wouldn't even know it. Right. Exactly. That's just my little conspiracy theory there. I think it's probably a huge possibility, and I think that could probably account for a lot of the murders that happen in the United States that are unsolved. Yeah. I definitely I definitely feel that. You know, if you're, if you're traveling and stuff, you're likely not to get caught because you're just always on the move. You're nomadic. Mm-hmm. But to get back on topic, this is kind of where it starts delving into tinfoil hat area. <laughs> Let's hear um, it. Some people think that the reason these people go missing in these national parks and stuff like that is because of things called wendigos. Wendigos. And for those of you who don't know, a wendigo is a mythical creature or evil spirit which originates from the folklore of the First Nations based in and around the East Coast forests of Canada, the Great Plains region of the United States, and the Great Lakes region of the United States and Canada. So basically, the wendigo is a malevolent spirit and it's depicted as a human-like creature with human-like characteristics and it's supposed to possess human beings. I'm looking up a Wendigo right now, and this is like, they're creepy. They are very creepy. They have a bone deer-like face or dog-like face. Kind of looks like a skull of a deer, but then like a fur body with long arms, almost like a Slender Man. Mm-hmm. Just kind of furry and very skinny. It's very creepy. But if any of you guys have played the video game Until Dawn... It's a very good video game. I highly recommend it. But one of the characters in that story, not to have a spoiler, but she turns into a Wendigo because she cannibalizes her sister. And that is how the Wendigo is said to be created. Oh, okay. So it's a hu- is it a human that eats another human and becomes one? As far as I know, yes. Okay. Um, gotcha. 
So from my research, it's said that the Wendigo is known to invoke feelings of insatiable greed slash hunger, the desire to cannibalize other humans, as well as the propensity to commit murder in those that fall under its influence. So people think that Wendigos might have something to do with the disappearances just because some of these disappearances, they have no evidence. They literally cannot find this person at all. Yeah. And so they think that, oh, maybe the Wendigo took it. That's very interesting. People also think that there are other cryptids to blame, such as like Bigfoot. Okay. Aliens. And then skinwalkers. And sorry, I'm just doing a lot of explaining today. So for (laughs) those of you who don't know, skinwalkers are basically like witches who disguise themselves as animals. And so basically from the research I've done... A very brief description of a Wendigo, because it is such like a deep thing in the Navajo culture. But basically, to sum it up, it's a witch who disguises themselves as an animal, and then they basically like prey on people. Okay. I've heard and like seen a lot of stories about people who have heard their names called by family members. Oh, interesting. Like people who have passed away and they, they believe that's like skinwalkers. Ooh, that's kind of creepy. It's very creepy. But yeah. So people think that these cryptids have something to do with these disappearances. And I guess it really depends on what area these people are disappearing in because from my research i've noticed any cryptid you can name oh mothman took them or whatever yeah people people just want closure they they really do i really want to know where people come up with these things like mothman we should definitely do an episode about that i love cryptids yeah i'm down for that mm-hmm. after after doing research into all of these people who have gone missing and everything I do want to give my two cents about what I think. Okay, absolutely. So, and there's there's definitely even more theories to what I said. I could not even list all of the theories that people have about how these people go missing just because it's so hard to explain. There's so many people who go missing and all of them aren't cookie cutter. Every case is different. Yeah. So I do want to say while I do find cryptids fascinating, I feel like the most logical explanation is that people just do unexplainable things when they're scared so if somebody's missing or they hear something and they are running away from the noise and they get lost people just they get disoriented and they don't know where they are and Mm -hmm. they freak out and and that's just how things happen sometimes people are just unexplainable yeah like I know I, for a fact, when I have, like, panic attacks and stuff, I get, like, so disoriented. I mean, I couldn't even imagine if I was lost in the middle of nowhere in a place that was completely unfamiliar to me. I'd be freaking out. I I would be running around everywhere, and I would get so lost. And that is probably the worst thing you can do. You just have to stay where you are. Yeah, exactly. I mean, when I was, uh, just this last summer, when I was hiking in the mountains in New Mexico in uh, Albuquerque, the Sandia Mountains... There's this one trail uh-huh. that kind of just stops being a trail after a while. And I got lost on the mm-hmm. way back. I was like, I started to freak out a little bit. That was the first time I ever had a, like, a, I wouldn't say a panic attack, but that, that fear that I was mm-hmm. just lost. I couldn't find the trail again. And these are like 
big mountains and I was like, okay, I know home is that way. I just have to scale this mountain, but off the trail. And so I was like, there was that bit of safety or like security in that sense, but it was Mm -hmm. quite scary. I've never really experienced something like that. And so for anyone who gets lost, especially at night, yeah, I could definitely see how you can get very disoriented, lost, and just weird things can happen. Mm-hmm. The worst thing you can do is go off trail. Never do that. Even even if you think it'll be fun, just don't do it. Yeah. Like, it's stupid to not do that, especially if you've never been to this place before. Like, why would you do that? Exactly. You'll get lost so fast. Mm-hmm. I just, I think that on top of people just being disoriented and they're confused and they're scared i think that a majority of the time the people who go missing in these national parks are just really simple cases such as like medical emergencies and getting lost and then being attacked by wildlife like i think a lot of these answers are very probably easily explainable but it just it really depends they're so situational like it's so hard for me to just sit here and say yeah, the that person likely did this or this person likely did that. It's so hard to say because every case is so different. Yes. But another thing I didn't really address, but I think that I should mention is that some people who go missing, they might have even be, been killed by the people who reported them missing. Like that was the theory with one of the, the children that went missing in the documentary. And a lot of people believe that. A lot of people think that the parents just killed the kid. Yeah, maybe they just don't want the child anymore. And I think they mentioned that, that something along the lines of that in the documentary, but it's really situational. But yeah, I think a lot of them do have fairly basic explanations, like some might have fallen off a cliff never to be seen again, and some people might drown. It's literally just so hard to determine the cause as to why there's so many disappearances, just because they're so different. Like every person yeah. is a different case. Yep. I just don't think that one specific answer could cover every single person that goes missing. Right, right. It's like a fingerprint. They're all different. Mm-hmm. And as I mentioned, sometimes these people are, this is the first time they've ever gone there. So this territory is just unknown. And the person going off a trail, like kind of what happened to you, but that was an accident. It's just so easy to get lost because you've never been there. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I think there's also, like, third-party things that go into that, too, just as, like, depending on how good the search party is, they might miss stuff and thought they saw this, but they didn't. So stuff comes up months later, and you thought that you searched that area well, but you didn't. Or the police department isn't being cooperative, and they didn't really do the case justice. It really Mm -hmm. just depends. Yeah. But I do want to end it on this, so... So I was looking at one of these subreddits as I was doing my research, and I think that the user Trail Angel 4 had a really good explanation. So I'm just going to quote what she said. He or she, sorry, I don't know. <laughs> they said, I think a million different things cause these disappearances. I think that there are some cases where the explanation given just doesn't cut it. That doesn't mean I believe in cryptos or time warps or any one paranormal slash supernatural case it just means i don't know that said by far i think most of these disappearances have very rational explanations the wild is just that wild 
Millions upon millions of people enter wild spaces every year around the globe, and the overwhelming majority leave the wild just fine. Another larger population, albeit much smaller than the first, run into injuries and issues in the wild and make it back to civilization just fine. Another tiny fraction goes in the wild, gets injured, dies, makes a bad choice, and they're still missing until they're found. At which point, they no longer qualify for the missing 411 label, which is missing. So, what's left? What's left is a tiny fraction of visitors and people who, due to human nature and elements, end up making choices that don't end well or put them in a scenario where they can't or will never be located. We send in search teams and look for the missing until the resources or our rational brain has nothing more to offer. That is where our imagination kicks in. That is when we start leaning into the unexplained or yet to be explained because our human brains want answers. It's encoded into our DNA. We want to survive. Thus, not knowing how another human disappeared fills us with anxiety and a desire to know what happened so that we can take steps to avoid it. We'll create narratives that have tenuous connections to causation and fact because we alternate sorry because the alternate is to accept that there was nothing other than the wrong place wrong time wrong people wrong climate wrong weather etc and i think that is a very good point and she ends it with i don't know is about as close to the truth as we can get at this point with some of these cases wow that's actually those are some really good points. I know. I I read that and I was like, I need to include this. I think it was very well said and they summed it up perfectly about what I'm feeling and how I feel about these conspiracy theories. Yeah, I definitely agree. They've verbalized it in a way that I definitely would not have been to or I would not have been able to conceptualize or really to put on mm-hmm. put onto paper in a sense. And I feel like there's definitely other factors at play that we'll never understand in our lifetimes. But but kind of like they said, I don't know is about as close to the truth as we could probably get about that. Because we probably won't even know in our lifetimes what happened to some of these people. And we probably will never know, ever. Yeah, exactly. It's like never knowing how many licks it takes to get to the center of a Tootsie Pop. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> Okay, guys, so I think that about sums up our episode today. We did a lot of talking and a lot of explanations. You guys can take off your tinfoil hats. Oh, yeah. (laughs) My voice be sore. I know. I'm all out of breath. I'm a little fatty. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, (sighs) but until next time, guys, stay happy, be healthy. Don't be stressed like me. (laughs) (laughs) And remember, Stay sunny. Stay sunny.